Have you ever wondered if you were alone in the universe? Did we get here by accident? Or are we the creation of an intelligent designer? Welcome to Darwin or Design, focusing on the continuing debate over intelligent design and Darwinism. What does science reveal and what are the experts saying? Darwin or Design, sponsored by the C.S. Lewis Society and Trinity College of Florida. Also sponsored by the Access Research Network. And now your host, the research professor of Bible and theology at Trinity College of Florida, Dr. Tom Woodward. Welcome to Darwin or Design, a program that is designed to tackle each and every week the biggest cosmic questions that a person can ask. Whether we are here by accident, by the random interplay of uh, forces of uh, the universe and chance, or whether we're the result of a plan, a design, uh, specifically an intelligent agent, an architect of you and me in the universe. We're so delighted that uh, Dr. Steve Meyer could be our special guest today, author of the hot, hot book, Signature in the Cell, subtitled DNA and the Evidence for Intelligent Design. This was just released a few months ago by uh, Harper One, and it seems to be just uh, exploding in the publishing world, if I can use an analogy. Uh, people uh, and Amazon.com and everybody I've talked to is excited about it, and I'm excited that we have such an uh, opportunity to bring Dr. Steve Meyer in from across the country, where he works in the state of Washington. Uh, Bill Carl, thank you, Mr. Technical Producer, for the great job you do for us each and every week. And uh, we're excited that uh, so many people are now joining us from the New York City and New Jersey metro area. And I'm just going to go ahead and launch out here and say, if this is your first week, or maybe you've been listening to us now for a couple of weeks, we've been up and running in that area of the country for about a month on the Bridge FM network of frequencies. If you are a newcomer to the program, just send us an email to our main email address, information, that's spelling out the word information in full, at apologetics.org, and we will send you, as a thank you for listening, a little gift copy what we call a sleeved version of Unlocking the Mystery of Life, which has as one of its main commentators, Steve Meyer, our guest today. So just send us that to, uh, to us. Let's say the, t- the top um, offer I can make, I can, my favorite item I could ever offer from our inventory of, of uh, <laughs> tools and resources would be Unlocking the Mystery of Life. So I'm giving you nothing uh, less than the best. So that's, uh, and if we run out of those, the first 25 people who send us an email will substitute either the Privileged Planet or the other uh, DVD, which we have as a sleeved uh, version, and that's called The Case for Christ, uh, the Lee Strobel uh, book, as it were, put in DVD format. So thank you for sending us an email to uh, information at apologetics.org. And so uh, without further ado, let me welcome uh, my uh, mentor, my friend, a leading thinker and architect of the intelligent design movement, Dr. Steve Meyer. Thanks, Steve, for joining us. Tom, it's great to be with you, and congratulations on the, the the new stations you're taking on. That's terrific. Right. Well, we're excited about that, and we're also excited that down here in Florida at our main uh, outpost, WTBN, the uh, Salem station here in Tampa Bay, we're thrilled that you're going to be joining us here in just about uh, two months. Mid, That's uh, right. Late, January. We've got a big event, and uh, mm-hmm. uh, you always put on the, the biggest and the best. So well, we're very excited about coming. We've had some uh, some significant success. I think, uh, Steve, you knew that we had almost 4,000 people come out to hear Mike Behe and um, Jonathan Wells. And so you're like the, the third member, or, or maybe uh, since we had Paul Nelson uh, at that same season of the year, you're the fourth member of the Four Horsemen of the Apocalypse. <laughs> <laughs> well, we hope it's an apocalypse for, uh, for, for materialistic Darwinism. There you that, go. There you go. The way of thinking's had sway for way too long, and I think 
I think a lot of people are are tiring of it. So. Yeah. Well, I want to just, uh, by way of introduction, mention that uh, our uh, guest today, the author of Signature in the Cell, it is a magisterial book. I think one of the uh, key talk show hosts in the U.S. called this book intoxicating, and he meant by that it is powerful. It is um, compelling. It, uh, as you, as it were, draws you into the story of the discovery of DNA, the discovery of patterns within DNA that seem to have only been able to arise from an intelligent agent. And I, and I would say, now that I'm, I'm basically have uh, been through, I think two thirds, maybe three quarters of your book. I am, I won't use the word intoxicated, but I am uh, fantastically blown away by it. So, a major achievement, Dr. Steve Meyer. How long did it take you to write this book? Well, it kind of depends on when you start counting, but uh, from the time I got the contract at Harper to do it, I, uh, I started August 28th in earnest of 2007, and I finished this year on my birthday, which is April 20th. So it was, I go, what is that, 18 to 20 months, I guess. Right. But um, the, the real answer is that the idea for the book um, came when my, uh, my son was a year old in 1992. So... Um, it's uh, it's been in the works in a long uh, long time. I for several years I said I'm not going to in the end I'm not going to write this book. I'm going to compile it out of uh, out of all the different things I've I've written. And uh, uh, but in the end I I started the beginning and, and and wrote it beginning to end. But I had I was drawing on essays and research papers and and responses to uh, scientific arguments that I'd made over the years. So it it was a it was a long odyssey. Wow. Steve Meyer today joining us across the country, director of the Center for Science and Culture of the Discovery Institute, Ph.D., or D, uh, what do you call it, DPhil? Is that what they call uh, it? If it's, if it's the other place, if it's Oxford, they call it DPhil. D-fil. Cambridge is normal. And they no, okay. okay. PhD, PhD from Cambridge yeah. University, and we're talking about Cambridge University in England, the big one, uh, and where he rubbed shoulders with some of the leading thinkers uh, and literally was, uh, I guess you hung out at the same pub where Watson and Crick announced in 1953 their major, major discovery. My department in the philosophy of science was right next door to the old Cavendish laboratory, which was where Watson and Crick did their work. And uh, oddly, I met, uh, I met Phil Johnson, uh, the, uh, you know, in many ways the leader of the modern ID movement. And in the late 80s, we, uh, a friend um, put us together to uh, have a conversation, and we, we met at a little a little pub right next door to the Cavendish. So um, the, there's a tiny little lane in uh, in Cambridge called Free School Lane where all kinds of interesting things have happened. And mm-hmm. and uh, the Cavendish Laboratory, of course, was host to um, all manner of important breakthroughs in science, not only in in, uh, in biology and molecular biology with Watson Crick, but also in physics and uh, so it's, yeah, it's a it's a it's a wonderful wonderful spot to do some deep thinking. Yeah, speaking of deep deep thinking, uh, as we're tackling the essence of your book, and we're talking with Steve Meyer, the author of Signature in the Cell, DNA subtitled DNA and the Evidence for Intelligent Design. What in a nutshell? And I know it's kind of hard to take four hundred and some pages and put it in a nutshell, but uh, as you explored so many facets of the question of whether there is positive evidence for design in the universe, and specifically the design of the DNA library, this hard drive within every living cell, how would you summarize in a paragraph or so the, the, the main thesis of your book? You, you know, it's actually surprisingly easy to do that, and, uh, and I think that's what makes this evidence so, so exciting and so compelling. Uh, the, the story 
starts with the discovery of the double helix with Watson and Crick. That's the structure of the DNA molecule. That's 1953. But the more important insight, I think, came in 1957 when Francis Crick proposed what he called the sequence hypothesis. And this hypothesis was subsequently confirmed, and the essence of it is pretty straightforward. Crick realized that there are four chemicals that run along the interior of the spine of the DNA molecule. They're called bases or nucleotide bases. And he realized that these function just like alphabetic characters in a written language or digital characters in a machine code or section of software. Wow. That is to say, it's not the physical properties of these chemicals that matters to the function of DNA. It's the specific arrangement of the, the, the chemicals that are, which are, in fact, functioning like alphabetic characters. So... Um, the, the, the short of that is that DNA is literally functioning as an information carrier. It's storing information, information that then is copied and transmitted to direct the construction of proteins and protein machines that the cell needs to stay alive. That, uh, that uh, uh, produced what I call in the book the DNA enigma. The DNA enigma is not the question of the structure of the DNA molecule or where the information in DNA resides or even what the information in DNA does. The DNA enigma for now, you know, over 50 years has been the question of the origin of the information in DNA. Where does that come from? Uh, Bill Gates says that DNA is like a software program, only much more complex than any we've been able to create. And uh, yet we know that from, from experience, we know that it takes a programmer to build a program. And more generally, we know from experience that information always arises from an intelligent source, whether we're talking about a hieroglyphic inscription, a headline in a, in a newspaper, a section of text in a book, or information embedded in a radio signal. Whenever we find informational sequences and we trace them back to their source, we always come to a mind, not an right. intelligent process, right. or a mind, not a material process. Therefore, we're looking at evidence of intelligent design. Yep. Well, let me just uh, say in our just last minute or so of this segment that we are dealing with, uh, and if you've just joined us, by the way, we have Steve Meyer on the other end of the line. He is the author of a powerful, I would describe it as a bombshell book. You must get this book. Uh, run, don't walk, run to your computer to uh, bring up the ARND.org, uh, let me say that again, ARN.org website, where we, if you just hit the Darwin or Design graphic on the homepage, it'll bring you to a, pl- a pl- special place where you can order a Steve Meyer bundle. You actually get a, a video, a DVD of his lecture at Biola University, and the book, Signature in the Cell, for special deal. Ch- check that out. We'll be right back with more on Darwin or Design today, talking about Signature in the Cell by Steve Meyer. I'm Tom Woodward, your host, and we'll be right back. Darwin or Design is brought to you through the sponsorship of the C.S. Lewis Society. Since 1975, the C.S. Lewis Society has sought to empower believers and engage skeptics with biblical truth and evidences for faith, communicating the case for Christ and authentic Christianity to those in the academic world, both students and professors. To learn more about the C.S. Lewis Society and to access articles and resources mentioned during Darwin or Design, log on today to apologetics.org. That's apologetics.org. Darwin or Design is also sponsored by the Access Research Network, a nonprofit 501c3 organization dedicated to providing accessible information on science, technology, and society, focusing on controversial topics including genetic engineering, euthanasia, computer technology, environmental issues, creation evolution, fetal tissue research, AIDS, and more. ARN is also a virtual clearinghouse for intelligent design information. Learn more at arn.org. 
Welcome back to Darwin or Design, focusing on the debate between intelligent design and Darwinism with your host, Dr. Tom Woodward. Welcome back to Darwin or Design, and we are really delving deeply into the design side and responding to the Darwin side this week with the help of one of the great pioneers of design theory. His name is uh, pretty familiar. I, I don't know if you would call it a household word, but among intelligent design theorists and those uh, that follow design theory, Steve Meyer is a household word because, or a name, because he is co-architect. I would describe him as a co-architect of the entire superstructure, the entire um, paradigm of design developed over the last 20 plus years with the assistance and leadership, of course, of Philip Johnson, Charles Thaxton. Uh, Dr. Thaxton features prominently, his story is featured prominently in this book, Signature in the Cell. And of course, you know, others such as Michael Behe, Paul Nelson, um, Bill, Bill Dembski, of course, yes. I, yeah, as a matter of fact, I yeah. should have put him at the top of the list along with the rest of you guys. So we are thrilled that uh, Dr. Steve Meyer would take time out of his incredibly busy schedule, which included a stop at a really exciting, I, I read about it on the Internet, an exciting conference in Castle Rock, I guess was the name of the place, in Colorado. Can you tell us a little bit about that excitement and how it went? Yeah, absolutely. The The conference was held in a large convention center that looked kind of like an airplane hangar when I walked in, to tell you the truth. I mean, it was just a cavernous building. I thought, how are they going to fill this up? Then we learned from the organizers that they had had their website jammed and uh, the phone lines, uh, the 1-800 number they had for registering, mm-hmm. they had hostile folks calling in, you know, 15 in a row to try to keep other people from registering for the conference. Oh, my goodness. And uh, the website, they, st- they, they, uh, they couldn't get the website up even, even the day of the conference. Wow. Nevertheless, they had 1,200 people at this event, and uh, it was just uh, electric, you know, with the, the, um, the energy and the interest in this. And... Uh, we had uh, Michael Behe there, and uh, David Berlinski, and John West, wow. and, uh, and, and I spoke as well. We were addressing the question of Darwin's legacy, which is so much uh, front and center in the news right now, because it's the uh, 200th anniversary of Darwin's birth this year, but also this very month, the, 200th anniversary, or the 150th anniversary of the publication of The Origin of Species. So... I kicked off uh, Friday night by simply asking the question, what is Darwin's legacy? What has he shown us? What did he prove and establish? And, of course, the conventional wisdom is that the most important thing that Darwin showed is that you can have, quote, design without a designer, that there's no evidence of actual intelligent design in nature, that the the classical design argument from biology has been refuted by by modern evolutionary theory as inaugurated by Darwin. And I argue that that's just simply not the case, that there's compelling evidence of design, especially at the level of the, the, the inner recesses of the cell um, that, that Darwin never explained. In fact, people, many people don't realize that Darwin never even attempted to explain the origin of the first life, and, uh, and subsequent generations of scientists haven't done so either. But uh, there, at that level, in that point in the history of life, you have compelling evidence of design because the, 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 the simple cell is no longer thought to be simple at all. In fact, we now know that it's a complex uh, system of nanotechnology and information and information processing technology that uh, uh, resembles but exceeds our own, uh, the own, the technology we use in our modern digital computers, which I argued forms the basis of a new and very compelling case for intelligent design. 
Well, I want to ask a quick question. Steve Meyer is our guest today, um, talking to us about his book, Signature in the Cell, subtitled DNA and Evidence for Intelligent Design. just came out a few months ago. It's ricocheting around the world. The U.S., um, let's say, Darwin design controversy has really been bumped up a notch by this book because it's powerful. If I can just give a quick plug, it really tells the story not only of DNA and all the discoveries, all the major discoveries in regard to DNA, RNA, and proteins are right here embedded in this book, along with the story of the leaders, the, the thinkers, the founders of intelligent design the movement itself, and the story of the response from the Darwin's, uh, Darwinian side and, of course, the design theorists responding again to the Darwin uh, critiques, we could say them, put them that way. Steve Meyer, as you have looked at this whole topic and you've said, I think, speaking of Darwin himself, you've said that there's actually an idea that Darwin got from his colleague, his contemporary, uh, Charles Lyell, and that idea really plays a role, the, the concept, the testing idea from Lyell, used by Darwin originally, is actually use, useful to you guys, uh, the, the scientists in the intelligent design movement, in evaluating the source of DNA. Can you tell us about that? Yeah, absolutely. It's, again, it's a, it's a surprisingly simple, commonsensical idea, but for that reason, it's very, very compelling. Uh, when I met Charles Thaxton in 1985, uh, I had an, an opportunity to, to talk with him at great length about his book, The Mystery of Life's Origin. And that book, as, as much as uh, anything, alerted me to what I call the DNA enigma, the mystery of the origin of information. And Thaxton had a kind of intuitive uh, idea, intuitive argument that said, look, if you got information uh, based on what we know from experience, you should expect that that came from an intelligent cause, was the way he put it. And I began to think about this and wonder if this, you know, intuitive connection between information and intelligence couldn't be developed into a rigorous scientific argument, a rigorous scientific case. And so naturally, when I got to Cambridge a year later and was working on the problem of the origin of, of life, I studied the works of Charles Darwin, because whatever else you may or may not appreciate about Darwin... Uh, the one thing I certainly appreciated about him was that he had pioneered a very rigorous method of scientific reasoning for investigating the remote past. In fact, his method of reasoning was designed to identify causes for events that had taken place a long time ago. And so um, as I read his work, I realized that there was, a, there was a clear principle of reasoning that he used to... Uh, reconstruct events and their causes in the remote past. And it was very straightforward. He said that if you're trying to explain an event in the remote past, you should look for causes which are known to produce the effect in question. And in the best of cases, where you're very fortunate as an historical scientist, you'll find an event for which there is only one known cause. And in that case, you can infer back from the effect to the cause fairly confidently. Well, uh, it turns out that as I investigated this more, I re realized that Darwin got this principle from the great pioneering geologist Charles Lyell, who was his scientific mentor. And Lyell had a way of encapsulating the principle. He said, he said, we should be looking for causes now in operation. We should be using our uniform and repeated experience of cause and effect in the, in the present to guide our reasoning about what, was, what happened in the past. And when I saw that phrase, causes now in operation, the light went on for me, because I realized 
that that could be applied to the discussion of the origin of life and the origin of the information necessary to get life going. I asked myself a question. What is the cause now in operation that produces digital code? What is the cause that we know of from our uniform and repeated experience, which is alone sufficient to produce information? Uh, and the, the, obvi- the answer was by that time obvious to me, and that, that, that cause is, is intelligence. In fact, I knew from uh, studying origin of life research itself that scientists were, were coming up empty as they were attempting to find materialistic causes that could produce uh, functionally specified digital information. And uh, yet there is a cause of which we know from our experience that is capable of doing that, and that's intelligence. So it occurred to me that by using Darwin's own method of reasoning uh, and applying that method to the things that we now know that he didn't, in particular what we know about the digital code stored in DNA, we, came to, we would come to a decidedly non-Darwinian conclusion, and that conclusion is that there is evidence of actual design, not just the illusion or appearance of design, in living systems. Wow. We're talking today to Steve Meyer, author of the um, bestseller Signature in the Cell, uh, subtitled DNA and the Evidence for Intelligent Design. Dr. Meyer is the director of the Center for Science and Culture of the think tank in um, Washington State, the Discovery Institute, of course, which Ben Stein had to look high and low for to find there in downtown Washington in the movie Expelled. Uh, and I, th- I remember he came in, I think, to the office there, and you had a bit of a chat with Ben Stein, didn't you? Well, we did. Mm-hmm. It was He's a quite an interesting and very intelligent man, of course. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, we actually had uh, kind of a long and fascinating discussion of this mm-hmm. issue of design. Um, of course, in the movie, just uh, <laughs> you get your 10 minutes of fame, and then they move on. <laughs> but yeah. it, was, it was great. Yeah, yeah, it was, yeah I, I, th- I was delighted that you were able to talk to him about the kind of the war, the... Um, kind of uh, PR war that the Darwin side is trying to wage against intelligent design theory. Well, um, and also this whole phenomenon of the suppression of, of evidence, of argument, of differing points of view. Uh, the, the, the title for the film was very well chosen. You know, this, the scientists, many scientists who have challenged Darwinian evolution or who have uh, advanced the idea of intelligent design have paid a real price, and many have been indeed expelled from their research positions. Uh, some have been demoted. Some have uh, uh, been unfairly deprived of tenure. I think of the case of Guillermo Gonzalez, who was mm-hmm. uh, the, 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 the second best published member of his Department of Physics and Astronomy at, the, at, at Iowa State as a young faculty member, second only to right. the head of the department, and somehow his credentials were deemed uh, inadequate to receive tenure at Iowa State, and uh, uh, it was just a, a travesty of of of, um, of justice. And right. uh, yet, Garamo's per- persisting on. He's got a new position at, at, Grove, at Grove City, City College. College. Yeah, I'm going to jump right in here yeah. since we're almost out of time you in the segment. Uh, we're going to be right back uh, with a kind of a further, even deeper level discussion. I'm going to pose some uh, really kind of exciting for me and a little bit. Uh, fun questions for our guest, Dr. Steve Meyer. Dr. Meyer's book, A Signature in the Cell, is available on ARN.org. That's ARN.org. Just click on the graphic which says Darwin or Design, and that will lead you to the special page where the Steve Meyer bundle is available at a special rate, $10 off, and that includes shipping. You'll want to check that out. We'll be right back on Darwin or Design. I'm Tom Woodward, your host.
Welcome back to Darwin or Design, focusing on the debate between intelligent design and Darwinism with your host, Dr. Tom Woodward. Welcome back to Darwin or Design. We're delighted that you decided to join us today, this Saturday. And we are, uh, of course, aware that many people are now joining us from the New York, New Jersey metro area. If you're listening on the Bridge FM network of frequencies, we would love to have you just give us a quick uh, email. Let us know that you're listening, and we will actually open that up to uh, people who've been starting to listen in Tampa Bay. We will not, as it were, show favoritism to one (laughs) metro area over another, but uh, we would like to give you a special favor. We're kind of like celebrating the 25th anniversary this month of the intelligent design movement. If you date it from the publication of The Mystery of Life's Origin by Charles Thaxton, uh, which uh, we'll get back to uh, that in just a minute. But uh, the the ID movement is celebrating its 25th anniversary this fall. Uh, and so we want to celebrate that. Our party favor to you for our celebration, our little party here, is to give you a copy of Unlocking the Mystery of Life, a fantastic DVD produced by Illustra Media, and it covers the case for design from the world of biology, from the origin of life, from um, issues such as uh, irreducible complexity. You'll get to see Michael Behe on that uh, DVD and, of course, Steve Meyer with whom we're chatting today. Just send us an email just indicating you're listening. And, of course, we do need your mailing address uh, either here in Tampa Bay or up in the New Jersey, New York metro area. And then the place to send that, the email address, would be information, spell out the whole word, information, at apologetics.org. Information at apologetics.org. Also, if you would like to check out the Berlinski Bundle, we spoke with David Berlinski last week, had a wonderful time with him, and the Berlinski Bundle, which includes the DVD half-hour interview with David Berlinski, fantastic, hilarious, informative, incredible. The DVD is called The Incorrigible Dr. David Berlinski, and that DVD, along with both of his uh, outstanding books, The Devil's Delusion and The Deniable Darwin. All three are available for a reduced price, uh, normally $70. That's now $50, and that includes shipping to any place in the U.S. To get that offer, and also the Steve Meyer bundle, which we were mentioning a moment ago, uh, the DVD of him lecturing at Biola University, uh, and also his book, Signature in the Cell, that's also available for a reduced price. Just log on to ARN. Dot org, arn.org, and click on the graphic that says Darwin or Design. Our little program graphic is in the upper right-hand corner, as I recall. It'll take you right to the page where you can make your order and enjoy those in time for Christmas. Maybe you can use them as to- stocking stuffers. Of course, Steve Meyer's book is a little bit too big for a stocking, so you may have to wrap it in, in pr- pretty <laughs> Christmas paper and just kind of like a little put a little note. This would not fit in the stocking. Look below. <laughs> so it's a fantastic, magisterial, incredible book. Signature in the Cell. Uh, really culminating, at, not necessarily, of course, that's the end of your career, Dr. Steve Meyer, but it's a, a very important milestone of your career thinking through the origin of life and the origin of information, literally. Uh, what have been some of the responses to your book so far? Well, I've been really rather uh, pleased and I suppose surprised in some ways. When I finished the book in April, I told friends, uh, you know, I don't know if it's any good. I just know that it's done. It's done. And, uh, Sigh of relief. I, I was very, very, uh, yeah, the monkey off the back for sure for me with the, how long it was in, in coming. But um, I had a trip to Britain in, in February, 
and spoke at the uh, um, in in Shrewsbury, as the British pronounce it. Uh, we we would say Shrewsbury, but Shrewsbury, England, where Darwin was born. Hmm. And uh, a group of British scientists met with with me and my colleague Doug Axe the day before, and uh, it was a group that were uh, that was entirely, as they put it, on side. And they were there were twenty full professors of Brit- of, of science. From the UK that were represented by this group. That's fantastic. And, and uh, four or five of them actually you know, gave really nice endorsements for the book, including uh, Norman Nevin, OBE, with the, you know, all the British letters after his name. He's a leading medical geneticist in the United Kingdom. He's published over 330 peer-reviewed papers. We also had a member of the National Academy here endorse the book. And so I had a number of endorsements on the dust jacket. And and since from scientists that were not, you know, uh, known to be affiliated with the ID movement. Hmm. And I think that's been one of the things I've been most uh, pleased about is just the, the kind of groundswell of support internationally. Just as you called, I was responding to an email from a German professor who's really, who really liked it and wanted to, to trade notes. And, uh, and then I've also been, you know, really pleased with the reviews on Amazon that have, um, have been, in many cases, extremely positive, and there have been very few. There have been a few of the uh, the nasty grams that you would expect, but even several of those are written by people that admit to not having read it. You know, so My or, or what's interesting I find is that some of the the unpleasant reviews of the book uh, on typically on Amazon are written by people who make objections to the book that are actually. Uh, addressed in full in in the book itself, so you you can tell they're not really engaging the actual argument of the book. Mm. Uh, we're talking to Steve Meyer today, director of the Center for Science and Culture of the Discovery Institute, the scientific think tank. In I guess you're in Redland, is that the right? Uh, well, well, we have our main office is Seattle, but Seattle. we also have an office in Redmond, where okay. uh, you know all the all the techies hang out. Microsoft in, territory, in, yeah, exactly, okay. exactly. Signature in the Cell, Steve Meyer's book, is uh, selling very, very well across the U.S., and I'm sure it's being picked up around the world. He is uh, going to be um, taking some pretty uh, direct and, uh, I guess, kind of uh, hardcore questions from me here in a moment. As we get into this book, let me just mention something. As I was reading uh, into the about the second third out of the three three thirds, of course, you would have in a book, but the second third, starting around page 160, 180, it really turned a corner and began to tackle the origin of life or the idea of life starting by chance. I guess we could call this the random chance hypothesis. The idea that those um, original letters, either in a protein chain, which of course would be the amino acid letters, or DNA letters, pairs of these uh, nucleic acids coming together, uh, on the interior backbone of the um, molecule, that that could happen by chance. And then Dr. Steve Meyer attacked that question, um, brought it up, um, examined the theory, looked at it very carefully. And Dr. Meyer, you came up with some numbers uh, just for the formation of a single, just one gene or one protein that are astronomical. Can you tell us a little bit about this explosive part of your book? Sure. Well, you know, many people who talk about the origin of life in an informal way assume that uh, it can somehow be explained by chance alone. And what's, uh, m- what most people don't know is that uh, specialists working in the field of origin of life research or origin of life biology gave up on that over 40 years ago. And the reason for that was the incredible complexity and information storage density 
of the DNA molecule and, and, and therefore the proteins that the DNA uh, encodes for. The DNA directs the construction of proteins with the information it, it, it stores. So I, I, what I did is I explained you know, to my audience in the book exactly why scientists have given up on chance alone, and it has to do with, with the incredible odds against forming, in, in, in the, case, uh, the case that I looked at, even a single protein of modest length by chance alone. The, the essential problem is what's called the combinatorial problem. Hmm. Uh, you have 20 amino acids, protein-forming amino acids, at each site along the, the, the chain of a growing protein. So to get, um, for, to get two specified amino acids in a row, you have uh, 20 times 20 possibilities, so you've got one chance out of 400 possibilities. If you go to three sites, you've got 20 times 20 times 20, so that gets you to eight, one, one chance in 8,000 possibilities, and you're only at the point of three amino acids, um, having to specify three amino acids. So if you get out to, say, 150 amino acids or 250 amino acids, which is you know, an average or below average length protein, very modest length, the, the number of possibilities that have to be searched in order to find the very few that are functional, that will form actual functional proteins, is just immense. And uh, and it turns out that if you uh, allow every event in the universe, just hypothetically, think of every event since the Big Bang 13 or 14 billion years ago, to have been devoted to searching for the few uh, uh, functional combinations of amino acids that make proteins out of the immense space of all the possible ways there are of combining those amino acids, you still don't have enough time to have a reasonable better than one in two chance of finding even a single functional protein. Even if every event since the Big Bang had been devoted to searching for functional proteins among the space of all the possible combinations of amino acids, you'd only have one chance in a trillion trillion of finding a functional protein. So uh, this is just not a reasonable hypothesis. Wow. Well, I just want to thank you, Steve Meyer. Dr. Steve Meyer, our guest today, author of Signature in the Cell. He'll stay with us for another segment. We're going to be talking about some of the other exciting things that are happening surrounding this book and the current, um, you know, height of concern and interest about intelligent design theory. I'm Tom Woodward, your host. We'll be right back with more Darwin or Design. Darwin or Design is brought to you through the sponsorship of the C.S. Lewis Society. Since 1975, the C.S. Lewis Society has sought to empower believers and engage skeptics with biblical truth and evidences for faith, communicating the case for Christ and authentic Christianity to those in the academic world, both students and professors. To learn more about the C.S. Lewis Society and to access articles and resources mentioned during Darwin or Design, log on today to apologetics.org. That's apologetics.org. Darwin or Design is also sponsored by the Access Research Network, a nonprofit 501c3 organization dedicated to providing accessible information on science, technology, and society, focusing on controversial topics including genetic engineering, euthanasia, computer technology, environmental issues, creation evolution, fetal tissue research, AIDS, and more. ARN is also a virtual clearinghouse for intelligent design information. Learn more at ARN.org.
Welcome back to Darwin or Design, focusing on the debate between intelligent design and Darwinism with your host, Dr. Tom Woodward. We're having a fabulous time today just talking and chatting with Dr. Steve Meyer, author of Signature in the Cell, a book that you need to run. Don't walk. Run to your computer or to your local bookstore if you prefer to do that and get this book. It is a a bombshell. It is something that every high school student and college student and you in particular listening to this program need to get this book and read it. It may take a little bit longer than your typical novel, but it is extremely well written. It is uh, fun. It's a little bit technical maybe in Chapter 5 where he describes the actual discovery of DNA, but this is the whole story of the quest for the mystery or the answer to this mysterious origin of information in the, even the simplest cell. Let's say a bacterial cell has an estimated minimum. Uh, this is a very conservative figure of 250 genes. That's like 250 good-sized digital files on a computer hard drive. That's we're talking three to four, five hundred thousand letters nearly a half a million letters in those 250 genetic digital files. And Dr. Steve Meyer, I would consider the world's leading authority on the scientific, um, not only mystery, but the quest to understand more accurately how these patterns of genetic information might have arisen. And there's only one line of evidence that uh, seems to, uh, or one line of explanation that seems to line up with the available evidence, and that is that an intelligent designer produced those codes those informational um, patterns embedded along the backbone of the DNA molecule. Dr. Steve Meyer, tell us a little bit about this uh, eerie comparison between parts of the DNA uh, substructure, or the the genome, I guess we could call it, and modern software. I've been hearing a little bit more about that. Can you shed light on that parallel? It's a fascinating aspect of this, because you can make the case for intelligent design based on what I call molecular biology 101, what we've known since Watson and Crick, the 1950s, the molecular biological revolution of the 60s and 70s. But we're also beginning to learn a number of important new things about the structure and organization of the genome, about the overall information processing system that's at work inside the cell. Uh, just to illustrate, let me tell you a story. I have a colleague who's an architect-level programmer from Microsoft who retired for a time to come to work with us and to write some code for a, an artificial uh, genetic code that we were building in the computer and a simulation program that simulates uh, what's called gene expression, how the information in DNA directs the construction of proteins. He came into my office one day and threw a book down on the table rather dramatically and said, I get an eerie feeling that someone figured this out before us. And I said, what do you mean? And then he pointed to the book, which, has a, which is a standard uh, computer software design manual called Design Patterns. And he explained to me that a design pattern is a design logic or a design strategy that is an established way of solving a particular problem in the, in, in the computer software industry. And he said that within the cell, within the gene expression system of, the, of, of the, the, uh, an organism, there are at work all kinds of design patterns or design strategies that we, he says, that we recognize from modern digital computing. There's a design pattern for error correction. There is a design pattern for storing information. There's a hierarchical filing system in the genome where you have 
files within folders, folders within super folders, super folders within super duper folders. There's a way of retrieving information where you have genetic data sets that are distributed in various places along the chromosome or sometimes in different chromosomes. And, the, and then uh, under algorithmic control, those data sets are accessed on a needs basis and then concatenated to, to produce particular proteins uh, to, to meet the needs of the cell. Um, and on and on it goes. There's even nested coding of information, uh, informational messages stored within other informational messages, like we, uh, something that we do in cryptography. Mm-hmm. So these are all hallmarks of intelligent activity. And, uh, in, and w- in fact, my colleague went on to say, you know, it's, they're the exact same design patterns that we use in computer software design, except they're, el- they're, they're executed with an 8.0, 9.0, 10.0 elegance. Same pattern, but much more sophisticated in the execution uh, than, than we ourselves are able to do in modern computing. Wow. I mean, that's, that's staggering. I mean, it's almost like our modern computing technology is getting to the place where now we can see parallels with the even superior computing technology discovered in, let's say, the genome. Correct? Yeah, we often have said, you know, nature imitates art, but it's actually... Uh, our engineering is imitating nature. <laughs> wow. So it's an extraordinary thing. And again, this actually underscores the powerful positive case for intelligent design because each of these design patterns are known from experience to have one and only one type of, of causal explanation. And that cause, that cause is always intelligence. If you find uh, digital storage and retrieval systems that, are, that have the kind of design logic that we're looking at, that design logic... It only arises from one type of cause, and that's, that's intelligence. So the presence of these things in the cell not only should give you an eerie feeling, it should, by the standard logic of the Darwinian method of reasoning about the past, uh, lead you to the conclusion of actual intelligent design. Steve Meyer, our guest today, uh, author of Signature in the Cell, DNA and the Evidence for Intelligent Design. Uh, on the phone with us uh, from his office out in Seattle, Washington area, where he directs the Center for Science and Culture at the Discovery Institute. Dr. Steve Meyer has been a friend of mine for a number of years. We've uh, been doing some tag team speaking at different events. Uh, Dr. Steve Meyer, you have uh, actually been uh, speaking out in California as well, which I think the film Darwin's Dilemma had a bit of a shift it had to undergo. Uh, They were denied, I guess, at the last minute the contract was canceled or they were denied the opportunity to show the film in a certain location. Right. Actually, it's just an all-too-typical story. Um, the uh, California Science uh, Center had uh, signed a contract with the local group, the American Freedom Alliance, to do a screening of the film Darwin's Dilemma. The Science Center is uh, uh, affiliated with the Smithsonian, Washington, D.C., and the Smithsonian apparently leaned on them to, uh, um, to, to pull the film. There was an email sent to the American Freedom Alliance saying that the the showing, a screening of the film was compromising their relationship with the Smithsonian, and they uh, unfortunately had to break their contract. Mm. And so uh, we have another example of Darwinian censorship. It does make you wonder what these folks are actually afraid of, because mm. uh, as Ben Stein put it in the super trailer to the, the expelled film, he said, uh, in my experience, this is not the way people who are confident of their position behave. <laughs> so... Uh, <laughs> It, it, uh, it, anyway, it was, uh, mm-hmm. the, the film was moved to another venue. It was uh, very successfully viewed by quite a, a goodly-sized audience. But uh, I think, actually, 
some of the audience turned out because they read about the controversy in the uh, the newspaper <laughs> wow. about the uh, the science center um, pulling it. Yep. Well. It's Dr. Steve Meyer on a, on the phone today from Washington State, as we said, uh, is not only the author of Signature in the Cell, but he has actually contributed many, many articles, which you can access online at Discovery Institute's web uh, blog, or I guess we, we would call it a article web source at uh, discovery.org. Uh, Dr. Meyer, they can just uh, type in your name at the uh, search little search window at discovery.org. Sure. And the other thing I might mention is that there's a nice website that's been built for the book called SignatureInTheCell.com. Terrific. And the website has a beautiful piece of animation that was uh, rendered by a, just a really first-rate animator. That The animation actually shows exactly how the digital code in the DNA is copied and transmitted and then how that code directs the construction in a very mechanical way of the proteins and protein machines that the cell needs to stay alive. It's mm. very much like what we call, uh, what, what engineers call CAD-CAM, computer-assisted design and manufacture, the kind of thing that's used at Boeing or Ford, where engineers will design mechanical parts using digital code that's then transmitted and then directs the manufacturing process. Mm. That's what's going on inside the cell, and the website signature in the cell has a beautiful piece of animation that uh, makes that really clear. Speaking of Signature in the Cell, um, as that uh, having its own website, we also have Signature in the Cell available as a bundle with a DVD where Dr. Steve Meyer was speaking on the topic of the Cambrian Explosion. That DVD, along with this same book that we've been featuring today, Signature in the Cell, are available at ARN.org. That's ARN.org. And the way to navigate is just go to the website and then pull up the or click on the graphic, which says Darwin or Design. It's our radio program graphic at ARN.org. And that'll take you to the page where you can sign up for either the Steve Meyer bundle, which I highly recommend, and you might want to check out the Berlinski bundle at the same uh, spot on that website. We're actually, uh, I'm looking at the RNA world um, chapter. Boy, I wish I could have like three hours, Dr. Dr. Meyer, with you. But let me just read from your conclusion of the RNA world chapter where you say, In 1980, Francis Crick lamented, quote, this is, of course, Crick, co-discoverer of DNA. He lamented, quote, "An, an honest man, excuse me, an honest man armed with all the knowledge available to us now could only state that in some sense, the origin of life appears at the moment to be almost a miracle. So many are the conditions which would have had to have been satisfied to get it going. Now, that was in 1980, so it's 29, almost 30 years ago. He was saying at that point, boy, the origin of life at this moment seems to be almost a miracle because of the number of conditions. Is this field gotten more encouraged or more stalemated since then? No, it's gone into a state of complete impasse. That is if you're trying to explain the origin of life and the critical problem of the origin of information. That's actually what Crick is talking about. All those conditions mm-hmm. that have to be satisfied are engineering constraints that reflect the need for an infusion of information. I love that and, word, infusion. Yeah, and and the, the simple fact is that in uh, the 50 years since Watson and Crick, uh, 50 some odd years since they discovered the structure of DNA, and the 30 years since Crick made that statement, there has been no progress on understanding how life arose through purely undirected materialistic processes. And instead, I think the case for intelligent design has grown stronger and stronger. And as I made the point in the last segment, it's not just based on an absence of an evolutionary explanation. It's based on the presence 
of evidence, which in any other realm of experience would point decisively to an intelligent cause. Because the cause-effect relationship, the cause being intelligence, the effect being informational patterns that we know only, I mean, 100% of the time, to arise only from intelligence. It's exactly right, Tom. It's what we know from our uniform and repeated experience, which is the basis of all scientific reasoning, and particularly all scientific reasoning about the past. And this, so, was the, this was the Darwin, Darwin's right. own principle of method. Right. And so if people want to say intelligent design is not scientific, they'll have to say that Darwin was not scientific as well. Very, very profound point. Because you see, we're not, as it were, and I have nothing against holy books, of course, being a Christian, and there's the, the, the scriptures that I um, hold to as a, a communication from, from the Creator. But uh, we're saying that you don't have to go to any holy book or any religious doctrine. You can infer from the evidence using this pattern, this cause-effect pattern, that we only exclusively see informational patterns arise from intelligent agents. And if you apply that to the DNA enigma, what you're referring to here uh, in throughout your book, Signature in the Cell, then you have a very robust, a very uh, efficient and scientifically based argument, which then can raise the question, uh, right, Dr. Meyer, who is the, the, the cause? Who is the yeah, na- right. Using just the standard scientific methods of reasoning that mm. we have inherited from the great pioneering historical mm. scientists of the 19th century. And right. uh, just using those methods, we come to the conclusion there was a designing intelligence. And, of course, the designing intelligence, according to the view espoused by C.S. Lewis and our own organization, C.S. Lewis Society, was the one who made himself known in Scripture. That is another program. We thank you so much for uh, joining us, Dr. Steve Meyer, uh, author of Signature in the Cell. Hope you can come back again sometime. I'd be delighted, Tom. What a nice conversation. Thanks for having me on. And thank you for listening to Darwin or Design. I'm Tom Woodward, your host. We'll be back again next week. 